God's been good. We are so blessed. And sometimes we just look at the problems and being able to stop and think about the blessings that God has given to us. Thank you for that special. We're going to continue our series. To, this morning is the last of a series entitled Side Effects. And being a committed follower of Christ. And, and let, me, let me just share my heart with you this morning. I'm not looking to fill a building. I'm looking to develop committed followers of Christ. Amen. There is, it's bigger than just having people in, in a building. The bars were full last night. Okay? Just being full doesn't mean that something good is going on. There are churches that people will flock to today that the gospel will not even go out. And if somebody happened to get saved, it would be absolutely on accident. Because there was nothing that was focused on them hearing the gospel. There are a few things that we could change that would immediately cause us to overfill. One of them would be the music. But the music that we sing isn't just one that feeds my flesh. It's music that stirs my soul. I remember when I first got saved, going to church, thinking people, a special would go on just like this. No, it wasn't near as good. <laughs> and so a special would go on and, and then people would say amen and how good that was. And I was thinking, this is terrible. <laughs> but God has changed my appetite and my music and my desire for music that will draw me heavenward. Teach me biblically. The, the hymns, the old hymns, there are churches that have got completely away from the old hymns. They're just old-fashioned. Uh, you know why they're old-fashioned? Is because they're full of doctrine. Yeah. And people want to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, but they don't really want truth. They just want to be patted on the head and told that they're doing okay. So here, as we look at this, this series, we looked at fans or followers, and then we, we have now these three weeks, this will be the fourth week on, on side effects. It's all revolving around God's people being committed to Christ. Amen. That should be our heart. Now, I'm... I'm a little surprised that there wasn't more of a response on that. Because our heart should be that we want to be committed to Christ. If any man will follow me, it's a choice. Will follow me. Let him take up his cross. Deny himself and follow me. You see, there is, there's a process that takes place. And we're not going to be a disciple of Christ accidentally. 
It is going to be on purpose. It's going to be on purpose. You didn't get here this morning on accident, did you? No, you had, it was purposeful for you to be here. Uh, Greg was coming in, Greg and Evelyn, uh, they were coming in. Where's Greg at? There he is back here. And uh, he's, he's coming in and he's using that walker and after having those strokes and it is a battle for him to get here. And there are others that have health issues and it is a struggle uh, to get here. They, they are here on purpose. And, and with that, uh, just the reason, what motivates us to be here. And this morning, I, I desire to help all of us to grow to where we're a better Christian because we've been in God's house. And so this morning, we're going to look at this uh, series here, uh, Side Effects. And uh, when we, we look at this, following the Savior, it will produce side effects. Uh, but not all of those side effects are negative. Following the Lord isn't a negative thing. It's positive. Uh, and there are blessings that come. Uh, there, there is the laws of, co- uh, uh, of cause and effect. Uh, Newton's third law of motion, action, and reaction. Uh, it states that every, for every action in nature, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Uh, and so there's a cause, there's an effect. Uh, and so if we are going to follow Christ, there are going, that action is going to create a reaction. It will create a reaction uh, for those that do not love Christ and are not following Christ uh, or are, do not want to follow Christ. There'll be a reaction that is negative. Uh, but the reaction for you and for me in deciding and determining that we are going to follow Christ, there is a result that comes that is absolutely a blessing. And so I want to look at the wonderful blessing and opportunity that the Lord has given to us as we look at side effects. Uh, And the side effect this morning is rewards. Rewards. There are rewards for following Christ. First week, it was rough. Second week, there was rejection. Last week, it was... Refreshment, there we go. I had to refresh my mind. Uh, And then uh, fourthly here, rewards. And let's pray. Father, I pray that you would take these next few moments. For those that are here in person, those that are watching online, I pray the Spirit of God would work in each and every one of our hearts. Uh, Lord, we came here today because we want to uh, grow. We want to be a better follower of Christ. And for some, they may be coming today. They they didn't even know why they are here, uh, but you have drawn them. And Lord, I pray that you would just work in every one of our hearts for Christ's sake. Amen. So here as we look at this, this parable, we find that the Lord is giving a parable about the talents. And in this this parable, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Uh, And and I'm, I'm thankful that our Lord didn't just take everything that was so spiritual that we could not grasp it and not bring it down to a way that we could understand it. So he used these stories to liken, and it says the kingdom 
kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man who traveled into a far country. And so we know this is referring to heaven. We know that this is a, 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 a plan based on God's economy, not the world's economy. But he uses uh, a, uh, an analogy. And so first of all, I want you to see, number one, there is a heavenly kingdom. There is a heavenly kingdom, and you're here this morning, and if you're saved, I want you to just really grab onto the fact that there is a heavenly kingdom, and one day, we're going to see it. Uh, we're going to see it. It is not going to be by faith. It is going to be by sight. And, and all of the things and all of the steps of faith that we take uh, and just looking down at God's word and seeing the teachings and the truths and the principles that we can gather from God's word, uh, these are going to come true. We're going to see it. Uh, there is a heavenly kingdom. And let me just ask you, are you ready to go there? Are you ready? Uh, if you're here this morning and you're unsure of your eternal destiny, then you need to get that established. You need to get that nailed down. One of our teenagers, he's not able to be here this morning, uh, but uh, on this last week, uh, after the service, he came and he was standing out in the foyer and he was holding his Bible and I could tell he wanted to talk to me and I was talking to somebody else and I finished and I stepped over and talked with him and he said, I'm just not sure. Praise the Lord. When he walked out those doors, he was sure. Yeah. Amen. You know what? If you're not sure of your eternal destiny, there is an eternal kingdom. There is a heavenly kingdom, and, and we need to make sure that we are prepared uh, for that kingdom. Uh, I'm so thankful that I've got my, uh, my eternal kingdom. That's already been dealt with. Uh, April 23rd, 1983. You're going to never forget that date. Uh, you hear it on the first and third Sunday, but uh, April 23rd, 1983 is a 14-year-old punk kid. Uh, in church because my parents made me come on a Sunday night. They got saved on Sunday morning and they were back in church on Sunday night. Praise the Lord. Uh, and they made me come. And I didn't want to go. Uh, but sitting there in that service uh, and the preacher, I have no idea what he preached. I wasn't paying attention. I didn't want to be there. Uh, I was mad. How many of you have been there before? <laughs> And, and all of a sudden, you're just there. And with that, though, during the invitation, uh, the pastor had everybody stand, and there was, uh, they were playing probably I Surrender All or Just As I Am. Those are the only songs that they ever played uh, during invitation. And, and I remember the music was playing, and we were all standing, and an Air Force guy walked up, grabbed me by the elbow, and asked if I knew for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. He walked me down that aisle and opened up the Word of God. And a few moments later, I was a child of God. There is a heavenly kingdom. And if, if you don't get that one settled, everything else I say is not going to matter. It all starts right there. We've got to be born again. Jesus looked at Nicodemus. He said, marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. And if you're here this morning and you're not born again, get born again. You need to trust Christ as your Savior. And, and it's, not a, it's not a have to. It's a get to. Every sin that I've ever committed. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. 
Praise the Lord. So there is a heavenly kingdom. If you're a child of God, uh, recognizing that there is that heavenly kingdom and God has a plan, uh, this, this parable is to help us understand the values of this heavenly kingdom. And so we see this. Number one, there is a heavenly kingdom. Number two, members of the kingdom are expected to serve the king. Amen. Members of the kingdom are expected to serve the king. Now, that just seems pretty simple, doesn't it? Let me tell you, it is. It's simple. It's sort of like we've got a lot of, we've got new babies, a lot of babies around here, praise the Lord, young families. And with that, these little babies, it's not going to take long and pretty soon... They're grabbing onto fingers and they're walking. And then they're standing all by themselves or they're up against a couch and then they back off. And then you look at them and good and boom, right down. Down they go. Uh, But it's not long, but they'll start walking. Let me tell you, as a believer, you know what we need to do? We just need to take one step at a time. Just take that one step at a time. But as a result of me being a Christian, I'm going to follow Christ. The result of me being a member of a heavenly kingdom is that I'm going to serve my Savior. I'm going to serve my Lord. And, and that should just be natural for every one of us. What are we doing to serve Christ? Hey, Pastor, I'm here. I think the only person doing anything is me. The nursery workers for sure. But just being here is not serving Christ. You see, we are to serve Christ. We come to church, why? So I can be uh, equipped to serve Christ. So I can grow. Uh, This is a place where believers come and they assemble and they are sharpened and they are taught and they are built. Why? So we can go out into this community and serve Christ. Uh, There is an eternal kingdom and I need to be busy about uh, serving my Savior. It is just expected. Uh, So there is an eternal kingdom, uh, but the members of that kingdom are expected to serve the king. Verse number 14, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country uh, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his good. Uh, The king, the the man traveling uh, into this far country, the servants, these are the ones that were laboring uh, for that man that was traveling, referring to uh, serving the king. And so we we have uh, the saved, we have a king, and uh, he is not only just a king, he is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. And he should be the one that has the highest place in our life. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So, so uh, we are members of his kingdom. And we are to be servants of our king. Number three, the servants have abilities. The servants have abilities. Look at verse 15. And he said, and and unto one, he gave five talents to another two and to another one. 
and to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Now, uh, we know here that the talent is not referring to talents, as in uh, I, can, I can play a, an instrument, uh, or I can sing well, or I can draw. I can do none of those things. Uh, and so he's not talking about these ins- a, a talent. He is talking about money. A talent here, and later he said, uh, he, he, really, he literally called it money, but the talent is referring to a weight, this, this weight was, was a, the talent was a measurement of weight. It was 75 pounds, referring to money. It was the largest measurement of weight. And so when we had this, this large measurement of weight, they say that a, a talent was equal to 20 years' salary. Think about that. How many of you would like to have right now everything that you have earned over the last 20 years? Boy, that would be some kind of check, wouldn't it? That's one talent. How many of you would like to have 75 pounds of money? (laughs) Especially in bills, amen? So, So this talent, this was a large uh, weight of money. And here this ability, this uh, this weight uh, of money, this master has given to this servant, uh, he has given them opportunity. He's given them opportunity. This opportunity was for them to do something for him. You know what? God gives to us and everything that we have is of him, whether it is our abilities, our talents, or whether it is our resources. We are to be a steward of everything that he has given to us. Uh, He is the one who has given everything. And so servants, uh, they do have abilities uh, and we can willingly use our abilities or we can waste our abilities. We see both of these events in this parable. We see the man that was given five talents, and what happens? He gains other five talents. We see the one that was given two talents, and he has taken those talents, and he has doubled them as well. That was the opportunity. But there was another one that was given one talent, and he did not use his opportunity to do anything for the Savior. Or the master. He just hung on to it. You know, our opportunities, they can be wasted. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, they always get all the opportunities? Have you ever looked at somebody and it's like, man, no matter what that person does, they seem to get all the breaks. They get the opportunities. Chances are they just responded to the opportunity that was given them before. Tom Brady goes through and he tells about how when he was in high school playing football off the bench. 
And he couldn't believe how come he didn't get as many shots as everybody else was getting, many opportunities. And he had a coach that just told him, uh, he said, I'm only getting two plays a game. He said, then you make those two the best two that you can possibly give it. And he was talking about the attitude of what it took uh, for him to push himself. He said, when I was in practice, he said, man, I knew my position, I knew my place, and I had them down. I was excited, and as soon as I got called in for practice, he said, I was running like a Super Bowl uh, 49 is the Super Bowl that he used, and I know we're past that. Uh, but he said, it was like it was Super Bowl 49, and I was running in, and I was, I was high intensity. He said, but you know what? He says, after I got a few good plays in, pretty soon I went from two plays to four plays, from four to 10, and from 10 to 20. Everything changed. You know why? Because he used the opportunity. God has given you an opportunity to serve him. Well, I just don't see it. Start looking. Start looking. Next time somebody curses Jesus, bless your love, my Lord. Oh. Next time you see somebody, grab, one, grab some of those tracks, Mrs. Brown. <laughs> people, people hand out tracks. People that give tracks are people that have them. Grab some tracks. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to be a part of a mission that is going to try to reach our community. Yep. Amen. Amen. You know, we have, we have people that, that will come because they see a bus going down the, the street. As we support the work of the Lord, it's an opportunity. God gives all of us opportunities, and we need to be a steward of those opportunities, these talents here. It wasn't just that one was uh, financially, he was so much smarter than everybody else. No, the Lord knew uh, he gave him an opportunity, and he did something with it. Uh, and the, the result was that he got the exact same, uh, the other person that had two got the exact same reward uh, the, the same recognition uh, as, as the first one did. And so uh, here we see the servants have abilities. Uh, unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man. To every man, according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Now, let me ask you a question. Can abilities mature? Can abilities grow? Yes. You say, well, I don't really have that ability. Well, grow the ability that you have. Amen. He gives us opportunities. You know, they, they just got up here and sang. It was amazing. They didn't know the words. They never practiced. That's not true. <laughs> they put into it. There takes some investment of ourselves. These men didn't just get the talents of money and all of a sudden everything just came to them. Has anybody ever invested money? All right, you invest money and you just throw it out there and it just automatically doubles. 
Is that what happens? No. These individuals were given an opportunity and they put something in to make something happen. God gives us opportunities. And in our Christian life, uh, servants have abilities. But these abilities won't help if we don't serve. Having knowledge but doing nothing with it isn't going to help. You can learn all the Bible you want to learn, but if you don't put it in practice, it's not going to help you. You can go to as many marriage conferences as you want to go to, but if you don't take the information and apply it, it ain't going to help. Oh, so many things I'm going to I'm going to be good. All right, and she's, she's letting me know I should. All right, but we've all been given opportunities. We all have different levels uh, of, uh, of abilities. Uh, the Lord loves each of us the same, though. Acts 10, 34, and Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Yeah. And he doesn't give abilities out to some and not to others. But we have to use what he's given us. Number four, abilities are not necessarily talents, but potential. These abilities are not necessarily a specific talent, but potential. Uh, the word ability is the word dynamis, and it means strength, power, competent. Uh, this is the potential to accomplish something. But you've got to use it. You've got to take what you've been given. Uh, the potential to accomplish. Philippians 4.13. Uh, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. But the, the reality here, it wasn't that, uh, that the master gave these servants. It didn't say that it was the master's power that got everything done. It wasn't the master's ability. It was the servant's ability. The Lord expects us to use what we've been given. The opportunities that we've been given. As being here in America, we have been given so much. Don't squander it. Uh, abilities, they're not necessarily talents, but potential. Number five, uh, opportunities are based on abilities. Opportunities are based on abilities to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. And so here is that, uh, that opportunity. Uh, when somebody takes an opportunity, then with that ability, those opportunities will continually grow. You grow your abilities, your opportunities will grow as well. They'll grow. And that will impact every area of our life. Biblical principles don't just work for church. Biblical principles work in the job place. You go to work, and you give it everything that you have, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God and you work hard, you know what you're going to find? Promotion belongeth to the Lord. 
Just biblical principle, it works. Those opportunities, uh, these opportunities are based on the abilities. When we use what we have been given, then we'll find that there are more opportunities that will be given to us to be able to accomplish more. Uh, so uh, the, this, these men were given a great opportunity. Uh, so uh, these, these amount of, uh, this amount of money that was given to them uh, to do something with, to steward. Uh, number six, a day of rest. Reckoning is coming. A day of reckoning is coming. The Bible says in verse number 19, After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. Right now, we are between verse 18 and verse 19. If we were to look at where we are in this timeline we are right between verse 18 and 19. We have a job to do. We have been given opportunities to use them for God. But the Lord's coming back. And verse number 19 says, there is a day of reckoning. He is going to come back. And we are going to see him, and there will be a reckoning according to that. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 9, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every man may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. There's a day of reckoning coming. There's a day of reckoning of what I have done for my Savior. But then there's a day of reckoning that's coming for those that are without Christ. The Bible says that if you die without Christ as your Savior, you'll spend an eternity in a devil's hell. Bible tells us that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. It was never intended for man. One man sinned. Bible says in Romans, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. There's a reckoning coming. If you're saved this morning, then that great white throne judgment that is the judgment of the lost, those that will be cast into hell, you'll never face that judgment because you're a child of God. But every person that doesn't know Christ, every person who has not accepted, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. There is a personal decision to trust Christ. And if we do not accept Christ, we have rejected him. So Josh, can you stand up for a second? Go ahead and pull one of those $100 bills out of your wallet. <laughs> Why don't we just have, have your wallet? Man, it's not even in your pocket. Look at that. You better watch out for that. If he forgets it, free money. All right. Funny money? No. So let's just say that you've got your wallet. You're going to hold it out. And I don't take it. 
I don't have to do anything against him to be rejecting that. There are people who just think, well, you know, maybe another time. Maybe if I'm going to Germany or going to another country, I'll, yeah, but I just don't, right now I don't need it. There's coming a day when we won't have another opportunity. You have never accepted the fact that you're a sinner and because of that sin, you've sinned against a holy God and you are at enmity, the Bible says. You're the enemy of God because we have rejected the Son. And if you don't accept him, the Bible says that, that you'll spend an eternity in a devil's hell. Wonderful thing is, he will accept you if you'll accept him. To them, to the individual, to that per person who accepted Christ, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Thank you, Brother Josh. If you're not saved this morning, let me tell you, as a Christian, it's good. Well, there's just so many hypocrites. There are. But I'm not going to hell for somebody else. I'm not going to let somebody who is a fake believer stop me from following the Savior. I'm not going to let them change my direction. What a wonderful thing it is to be a child of God. What a wonderful thing it is to serve that God. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man, a person just like you and me. And we can use what God has given us for him. One day when there's that reckoning and we get to heaven, there will be rewards. It started as a responsibility, but it ended up as a reward. We start as servants, but these, these that took what they were given and used them, the Bible says that, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Thou hast been faithful over little. I will make you ruler over much. We go from being a servant to a ruler. But not everybody does. Why? Because they don't all take that opportunity. Choice. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your goodness. I pray that the challenge would be received and uh, that we would respond, Lord, in a way that uh, would bring glory to you. Help us, Lord, to recognize the opportunities that you have given to each and every one of us and help us to be a good steward of it for you. 
And Lord, as I look around, I see many who I believe are saved and they have a desire to serve you and are following you and praise the Lord for that. Uh, But Lord, I pray that you would help others that uh, just haven't made those decisions and uh, they're working through this process and they're learning and growing. I pray that you would help them to have the confidence uh, to follow you. And then Lord, for these that uh, might be here this morning, unsure uh, whether their eternal destiny is going to be heaven. I pray today that they'd accept you. So work now, please. Heads bowed, eyes closed.